This is the Accounting Influencers Podcast with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. With Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. And welcome to our special guest interview for this week on the Accounting Influencers Podcast. I am thrilled to have with me today the legend that is Sabine Charles. Hello to you. Hello. Greetings from across the pond, Sabine. For people that haven't come across you and the wonderful stuff that you do, just give us a little bit intro so we get a flavor of your world. Well, I actually help people, professionals pass certification exams. I help people learn how to learn so that they could get certified and become a, a stronger individual and professional and make money. Mm. Now, you do that in a number of sectors, but principally accounting, because that's your background, isn't it? You are an accountant by trade. Exactly. I actually graduated with a degree in French and Spanish literature and then went back to school and got a degree in accounting and economics, a master in accounting. And now I'm working on my doctorate on emotional intelligence and leadership in the accounting world. So primarily the things that I focus on in terms of helping professionals are mostly in the space of accounting, auditing, information security, and risk. Now, you've been doing this a long time. Has the species, the breed of accountants changed over the years, or is it the same as it ever was? Uh, You know what? That's a very good question because the breed of accountants have changed because our environment has changed and the exams have changed. So it's just so many variables in this equation that makes it challenging for everyone to really kind of keep up. And with the rapid changes of an insertion of technology in our lives kind of make us a little bit crazy. So the breed of accountants, yes, have changed, evolved, if you will, but then that makes it a bit more complicated to keep track and to keep our professional lives moving forward in development. Yeah, we'll talk about CPE, CPD to a degree. But you mentioned there that the the certifications, the qualifications have changed. I've heard different things from people that have been on the show in that the accounting qualifications haven't changed that much over the years. I mean, double entry bookkeeping is double entry bookkeeping. And maybe a criticism leveled at the profession is that they haven't changed as much as they should have done because the world we live in right now is very different to 100 years ago. What would you say to that? Conceptually, concepts have not changed, but the questions have changed. So like you said, debits are debits, credits are credits. So conceptually, the underlying things they want you to learn have not changed. However, the way they test has to have changed. I'm just going to pick the CPA exam, the CIA, they all evolved. But the CPA exam used to be more multiple choice. Now it's 50-50 multiple choice in conceptual thinking, what they call simulations. So the way they're really approaching to get accountants ready for the world is that not only you're going to have to just memorize and be a robot and kind of just recall things, but you're going to be you need to be able to utilize the information that you've reta- you've learned into a, in a in a, a scenario or situation. So that is what has changed, and that's what makes it difficult. Yeah, would you say the examinations these days are more rigorous than they used to be? That's a hard question again because look. At the end of the day, learning, people have learned differently. So is it challenging? I think it's challenging for each of the groups that are taking the exam. Because back in the day, and I'm aging myself, we used to learn penmanship, you know, calligraphy or, you know, script and some, they call it, right? They don't even do that. My son is like, he's like, mom, I don't have to write. I just type it in. So the way they're processing information is somewhat different. 
you bring up a very interesting point. There's qualifications here in the UK called A-levels or advanced A-levels, and even the ones below that. And the pass marks are getting higher, but also the number of people passing are getting higher. So the criticism is that the exams are getting easier, but in actual fact, the kids are studying smarter. They've got different ways to take in information. Everything's YouTubeable, if you like. Everything's Googleable. You can find these thought leaders and great people like you that teach people how to learn. So exams that are just as hard as they were perhaps have a higher success rate because people are studying better. Would that be fair? And then there's some people who are just falling behind it because they haven't evolved. Because I'm also an adjunct professor. I didn't really speak about that, but I used to be an adjunct professor and I teach accounting on the graduate and undergrad level. And I see the change of student quality. A lot of them are just looking for A's. They're not necessarily engaging or wanting to learn. They want the A, which means they're willing to do anything and memorize things and try to cram, which doesn't necessarily work for certain certification exams. So it really is a double-edged sword. The answer is yes and no, depending on the examination and the student that's in front of that examination. Because if they've never developed a good way of studying and all good way of studying or understanding their learning style, then they're not going to be successful. I mean, we've all read about people who have not even completed college who are millionaires and who are able to thrive because the way they were being trained in those university settings just wasn't commensurate with their learning style, which caused them to fail out. So it's not always just the student and their student ability. You have to kind of take the responsibility back to the institution and how we're presenting information. I, and even in my boot camps and these training courses I do, I actually train someone in the mall. She is a shopper she, and to help her pass an exam. So I correlated and I did some memory palaces, which is a whole concept to go through the mall and I teach her accounting concepts using analogy so that she could comprehend it. Like, so it depends on how you process information because any, I think everyone is successful. Everyone is smart but you have to just know how to tap that smartness. I get that. We will dip into learning styles a little bit more. Are the accounting qualifications that you teach fit for purpose? Do they ready CPAs and accountants and auditors to come into the crazy world that we are now living in, in your opinion? Though I, this is my bread and butter, I say no. I was hoping you would say no and be controversial because uh, a lot of people tell me it's, it's the world has changed. No. Well, you get on your soapbox and have a little rant for me, Sabine. But what's the deal? Well, this is why I started another piece of my business called the Audit Leadership Programme because I realized people are just passing exams and they're just not ready with soft skills. They need to be able to conduct the meeting. They need to be able to think and not just do, or even when you're stuck, knowing that there may be an alternative solution. And that's the piece that I feel like we're missing or we're losing as we're going through generation to generation, that ability to think. The soft skills are hard and the Maybe the qualifications claim not to deem the soft skills important because that's learned on the job. That's learned in situ, if you like. They're just teaching the technical skills, but maybe they have a responsibility to do more than that, to equip people to do the job. So then why do they, they screen people using certifications? So they actually get people in saying, if you can't pass A, B, and C, then you, you can't do the job. This is why I'm doing my doctorate, to really Think and analyze the question, the correlation between emotional intelligence 
And the, my pool of research are around people who are active CPAs and leadership, their performance leadership. Is there a real correlation between that? Because we're putting so much emphasis on getting this thing that may not necessarily help them to propel and be leaders in the organization. Or is it? That's the question that I'm trying to answer. It's such a great point, and I can't wait for that to come out. Uh, I've said on previous podcasts that there are five key skills that a modern-day accountant or CPA needs. Technical skills is number one. That's the foundation. You've got to know about your tax and, and how the double-entry bookkeeping works. Beyond that, technological skills, because given the rate of technology, as you hinted earlier, professionals need to know more than how to turn a computer on and off. And thankfully, the generation coming in, they're more digitally savvy, and we might speak more about that. The third one is commercial skills, business awareness, business acumen, thinking like an entrepreneur rather than thinking like an accountant. The fourth one is people skills. You've hinted at that, kind of the soft skills, and leadership would come into that, but knowing how to present, knowing how to persuade, knowing how to critically think and argue and communicate with people. And then the fifth one is selling skills. So the ability to create opportunities to innovate, to lead, to persuade people on, here's my idea, here's my argument, here's my vision, here's my initiative, buy into this, agree with me. And all of those skills are critical. And the examinations teach a very small part of that, don't they? The technical, basically. Exactly. And I really like the mark. I would like to talk about marketing and selling. That's where I think we need some help. The marketing skills. Internally, we need to do better marketing. Why? Because again, if we end selling, so then being an accountant, you could move into tax audit or doing external reviews. Those are kind of the three main areas, right? And if you're an auditor, let's just say, you have to sell your recommendation. You have to have people buy in or else we become last on the list. And this is where they talk about audit auditors, internal auditors is the needing to add value to the organization. And if we cannot sell our recommendations or be valuable, they just don't bring us to the room. And at the end of the day, when we talk about being a trusted advisor, what does that really mean? And we need to step up and level up and get those skills that you mentioned. I believe technology, for sure. The certification, getting a specialty, for sure. But we need to sell our skills. We are internal auditors. Let me kind of group it a little bit. Internal auditors should be the in-house strategists. We are the inside strategists. You don't need to buy and go get a consultant because the people inside are the, I think internal auditors are the savviest people there because one, they kind of understand the whole business. They understand the risk factors. And if you have a good internal audit firm uh, team, then they are continuously getting these CPEs and getting trained and understanding and kind of leaving their immediate grouping to learn. And that's that business, that business acronym, that business savviness that you've talked about, because we need to just say, you know what, I need to take a class and pick a topic, information security, even though it's completely out of my domain, or just say, you know what, I need to understand ESG. What is that? Just really completely off the beaten path, because with that, that helps you become a more creative think. Love that. Love the internal strategist analogy there. And you're talking about developing the skill of being able to tell the story behind the numbers, making your reports, your recommendations come alive, having more influence and a voice that's persuasive that gets people to take action. That's the sign of a leader, isn't it? 
That's right. And is the certification, again, going back, the do-all, the catch-all, it, I think it's a stepping stone. It gives us that, okay, at least they, he or she could actually get that technical skill. We tend to, to stop the education pathway and learning it should be essential and the core for everyone, regardless of profession, so that you could continue to add that value, continue to develop yourself. Again, you know what? At the end of the day, you need to make yourself proud. Make yourself proud. That's my motto. Make yourself proud. Because if you make yourself proud, everyone else will see that. And making yourself proud is continuously to better yourself. And that does professionally, emotionally, family life. I mean, it goes on because it does trickle through. Well, we have CPE, Continued Professional Education, you call it over there. And our podcast is actually CPE accredited. In the UK, we call it Continued Professional Development. But that's a discretionary thing for some accountants. They do the technical stuff to stay compliant, to stay on the right side of the law. But the rest of it, business development, building your network, building your personal brand, acquiring different skills, that commercial acumen, learning about environmental, social governance, the ESG, the other stuff, that's done in my spare time when I'm not billing hours. And I'd rather play golf or spend it with my family or have a little bit of downtime and Investing in yourself is hard. But investing in yourself should be primary. Because at the end of the day, I mean, I'm speaking in the point of view as a woman mother. If I am tapped, I cannot be helpful. If I'm sleep deprived, I cannot be helpful. So it's the same analogy. If you're not grooming and pouring that water over that plant of knowledge in your brain, then you're not going to be helpful. And, you know, you're going to prioritize. It's a priority. It's like you need to go to the gym, right? You got to do what you need to do to get yourself better. And if you're not going to do it, no one else is going to do it. So you have to kind of figure out what is your priority. Well, hey, everyone knows they've got to stay in shape, but not everyone does it. It's not a priority for everyone, as you're saying. Let's jump jump back to technology a moment, Sabine, because you said that people are learning differently now. There's a lot more technology at their fingertips to help them learn in better and smarter ways, as well as the, the stuff that you do. But the qualifications, certifications themselves, do they incorporate more of a technology angle given what's going on or or is it still the technical stuff it used to be? It's slowly changing. Some of these exams are slowly getting there. Some of them are doing better than others. Again, I don't want to poo-poo or say anything negative about any certification, but some certifications are a little bit behind. They're in the 1990s and some of these, because I not only train accountants, I do information technology. So some of them are a little bit behind, but which means these entities, these monster entities are sometimes harder to move through change. Big ships turn slowly. And so that's what's happening because accounting, eventually a lot of it is logic-based, right? So you could get AI to do it, but then that intelligence piece is the only thing that we have left, if you think about it. You're heading into the compliance advisory debate. We know there's downward pressure on a lot of stuff that auditors and accountants do. It's being put into the cloud and into artificial intelligence. I just wonder, we had a story recently, and we featured it on this podcast, Sabine, where a client, a business client, had engaged a non-accountant to do the work because they were zero certified or QuickBooks certified. They weren't a qualified accountant. But they wanted someone that was tight on the bookkeeping, that could offer a little bit of advisory, knew what was going on behind the numbers, and they engaged a firm that had no qualified CPAs or accountants. Is that a, a, an indictment, if you like, on the, the CPA, the accounting qualifications? What might be going on there? At the end of the day, organizations need thinkers. They need people who could process info. It goes back to 
How do we teach people how to think? Just because you're a CPA doesn't mean that you're going to make money or you're going to be a good CPA. It just means that you pass the exam. What's after that? Again, that goes back to backfilling and understanding the key things that you need. Once you get that together, the CPA is just one column of success. You need to kind of move through. So having somebody who's, they, they saw something. They saw something in that person. And this actually, this leads me to a story. I actually started out not having any certification. I had a job offer. They said, you're great. I had zero certification to run an internal audit function, which is kind of big for an accountant, but I had no certifications. And so they saw something in me and they said, you know what? We want you to take this job, but you need to get your certification within a year's time. I said, hey, that's not a big problem. I could actually get my certification in a year's time, but they actually put it in my contract. At that time, I didn't realize the amount of stress that I put on myself for me to pass the certification and which caused me to fail over and over again. So which increased the stress level. So when I even opened the book, I was having anxiety. So during this certification journey, I took so many review classes. I did self-help. And then eventually I passed. But then all of that helped me realize that there's a combination of both sides of our brain, right? So there's the emotional side and then the technical side. And they play hand in hand. So we can't just ignore one side of our being. And that's why I started my business, TAP Institute, to help people pass. And so it goes back to when organizations are looking at people, they need to look at them holistically, not just looking at the technical skills, though they're quite important. And I believe that's why we need to CPEs, not just to say, yeah, we did it and done, but we need to kind of put that CPE piece into it, into our DNA so that it is part of the development of organizations, not only for the individual, but for organizations. So CPEs right now is kind of like, oh gosh, I need to get some because I have you know, 20 or 40 or whatever it is. Great, I need to get that within a, a year's frame and you're kind of trying to figure out I need to be billable. I think organizations are missing the point and we're trying to figure this out where we need to start investing back into our employees and perhaps CPEs should be done differently. So that's really kind of something we need to flesh out a little bit more. So that's the bridge between keeping business, making money while you're keeping your employees happy and moving towards development. I couldn't agree more. Continued professional education, though, is very focused on the technical and a lot of it doesn't attract CPE, CPD points. So building your network, building your personal brand, taking an extracurricular course, creating content, putting out thought leadership, writing articles, going around businesses and factories and seeing how things work, talking to people, attending conferences. This stuff isn't CPE accreditable. And that's maybe part of the problem because we do what we have to. And I'm speaking from experience here. Regular listeners will know on the show that I'm a former high school math teacher. So I got out of teaching after eight years because I was teaching kids to pass tests, but I wasn't educating exactly. them. And I wasn't equipping them for life. I was teaching them to go through a curriculum and play the game and succeed at the game. This is why I stopped teaching as well and started, yeah. Cause I mean, they just want the A. And then when they don't win the game, they break down. <laughs> That's what has happened. That's what's happening now nowadays. Because we're seeing the uprise of mental illness and stress. Because I have had people sit in my office 
I mean, I was just afraid to have them leave because they were so distraught that they did not get an A. They don't understand the material, but they're just so frustrated. So I understand what you're feeling and why you got out of being a math teacher, though you were passionate in what you were doing, I'm assuming. But then again, at the end of the day, your, your passion is to help people learn and progress while their perspective, and that's been translated to them, is to get an A and just to kind of, you know, figure out the tricks. And you're trying to equip them for life and the world of work. And they're saying to you, why do I need Pythagoras' theorem? Why do I need algebra? Why do I need to be doing this differentiation? And they, they've got a really good point. At least now I've got to ask you, you're talking about super smart people here that are even looking at accounting as a career. So how do you teach them to learn how to learn? I don't think people are smart. Okay. Perhaps I've been overcomplimentary about them. I don't think people are stupid. I really don't. I really think people need to be persistent. Is everyone coachable? I think everyone is coachable. You just have to know how to do it. I mean, if you have people with mental illness and capacity issues, that's like a different conversation. But everyone is coachable. Is it worth it if someone can't add, you know, not mathematically inclined and then you're teaching them algebra? It's going to take them a long time, maybe 15 times longer than someone who has that gift in math. And in teaching them to learn, there's a great quote by Eric Hoffer that said, the mark of an educated person is the degree to which they are willing to let go of old ways of thinking to embrace new ways of thinking. So in teaching them to learn how to learn, do you have to break down some old habits and open up their mind to new ways of going about things? Yes. So when I first start with my clients, the first thing I do is skills assessment. I assess where they are. And then I call myself the mirror. So sometimes we don't want to look at the mirror like, oh, I have wrinkles. I have gray hair. I just don't want to look at that mirror. And so I am the mirror for the first two sessions. And I tell them that's going to be the most difficult because I analyze what they're doing I give them a small um, a, a test just to figure out their learning style. And then we go through what they're doing to see if it's helping or hurting. And then we decide, is this helping? Are you taking notes effectively? Are you just taking notes because everyone else is telling you to highlight, take notes, circle, add words to some page without sitting back and processing the information? So sometimes we have been taught to do things and we just take it as truth. And we just continue to do it without really processing whether or not it's helpful. So I do a skills assessment and then I tweak and I tell them and I teach them some techniques that I've used on myself to have about 13 certifications at this point. And so because I test these things on me, I don't necessarily think I'm smart. I think I'm persistent and I figured out how to crack the code. Cracking the code is really understanding self and how you could absorb that information and the dedication. If you're willing, if you want something, you're going to put that time in. If you're not good at something, you're going to put the time in. Sometimes I have rejected clients where I say, this exam is not for you. Perhaps you want to consider A, B, and C. That's the hardest conversation. But sometimes things that we think we want is not necessarily what we need. Tough love. And now what I've done as well, I'm a certified hypnotist. Of course you are, because there's... There's 101 qualifications you've got and 1,001 you haven't. So why not get some more? It's breaking down the way you think. It's completely off the beaten path. How can an accountant? Well, you walk in the walk. Exactly. And so to your question, you know, you have to let go of the way, the traditional way of thinking and learning and then kind of embrace. And that's scary 
new things. Because most of my clients are like, hypnotist, you're going to make me bark like a dog? Like, what are you going to do? And I use hypnotism to help them stay calm and so that they could recall information quicker. Sabine, you work with people all over the world, individuals and organizations. If they're loving what they're hearing here and want to find out more about the great stuff that you do, what's a good way for them to reach you? Oh, they could reach me on my website, tapainstitute.com, T-A-P-A, institute.com. And also, I have two summits coming up, one called Level Up Internal Audit, which is in February, and it's a global, global event where we have people from Egypt, Germany, the United States, and it's CPE eligible. And so we have, we're going to talk about blockchain, we're going to have data analytics, We're going to talk about those soft skills, cybersecurity, how to be effective in audit. So that's one summit. And then I have another summit. And I have these summits twice a year. And I have another one called Pastor CPA and where I give a holistic approach on passing, not just doing questions, multiple choice questions, figuring out time management, figuring out how to absorb the information, some of the things that we talked about earlier. So again, TAPA Institute. T-A-P-A institute.com is where you can find me. Great. We'll direct them there. Final question to finish off. What advice or words of encouragement, wisdom would you give to the accounting practitioners or even would-be accountants listening that want to level up, they want to raise their game, they want to do more, they want to make themselves proud? Well, I would say continue learning and get out of your comfort zone. If you're not, if being an accountant, we tend to be very conservative. And so we need to get out of our shyness. If you're shy or you just don't like talking, well, maybe do a Toastmasters. Join Toastmasters, kind of get in front of the room. Well, you're making all the introverts feel really uncomfortable now, Sabine. But then that's the point. Or do something completely off the beaten path. Follow something that you enjoy. So a lot of times I, I used to make a joke that accountants are actually artists who are afraid. That's what I usually say, because when you start talking to accountants, you see their pat. They do accountancy because it's steady. They feel comfortable. It's something that's I, I can't think of the word, but just kind of it's safe. It's secure. It's black and white. The numbers are right or they're wrong. And then then when you really talk to them, you start really realizing their passion. So I have some accountants who are artists, accountants who want to be interior designers. Well, guess what? Do that. So it could balance out your being. So that's what I would tell accountants. Go out there and enjoy life. Do what you have to do to get the money. Do it so that it could allow you to kind of do that artist or do interior decorating or whatever activities that you would like to do. Sabine Charles, that's been so inspirational. Thank you so much for your passion and your insights today. It's been great. Thank you for having me. This is the Accounting Influencers Podcast with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. Martin, the Countex just gets bigger and bigger, doesn't it? It does, it does. And it's the biggest, I'd say biggest show in Europe, and I'm thinking maybe the biggest show in the world. What we know for sure is the one-stop shop for digital and in-person events. With the following it's built over the years, Countex packed a punch that's with events that are dedicated to both the accounting and finance professionals. Yeah, and it's all CPD accredited as well. They've got a virtual summit coming up 10th, 11th of November, which is free to attend. And they've got some interesting topics coming up there, haven't they? Digital assets, social mobility, future of cloud accounting, commercializing opportunities for NTD, penalty reform, not your normal lineup. 
Yeah, and it's all ramping up to the big event they've got going on in London at the Excel Arena. It's the largest in Europe. And if you want your CPD points, if you want to find out what's happening, don't forget to book that in your diary for the 11th and 12th of May. And there's a website they can go to, Martin. Yeah, accountex.co.uk or indeed follow them on Twitter at at accountex. That's at accountex.